Uh, we are in a series entitled Shining Like a Light Bulb, as you c- can, can tell easily if you can read. Um, we're in this series and we've been looking at what is our role with this person named Jesus? What, what is our responsibility with the spirit that he has planted within us? We began our year this year in January looking at six qualities, characteristics. There were so many, but we chose six to look at who Jesus was, how he operated, what he was like. And what we're doing in this series, Shining Like a Light Bulb, is taking how Jesus lived and applying it to our lives. This is kind of a discipleship series, you might say, in which how can we take who Jesus was and if his spirit has been planted within us, are we in turn not to somehow let his light shine for others to see, right? Matthew 5, you are a city set on a hill, right? You are a light. No one lights the lamp and puts it under a bowl or a basket, No, you put a lamp on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. Therefore, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Here's what you may or may not know. For those of you that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, his spirit lives within you. Is that awesome? Now here's, yeah, we like that part. Here's the hard part. You're supposed to let others see him in you. So how have you done this week? Anybody blown it? Let me see your hands. Amen. The altar is open for all you repentant sinners to come. And yeah, that's the hard part, isn't it? We like that his spirit lives within us, but man, nowhere to put him on display. We're to let other people see him in us. Absolutely. For whatever reason, God has enough confidence in you and he believes that he can work through you to show his son Jesus off to others. And so that's what we've been challenging you with over the last several weeks. That's why we've been praying that God would use you in the lives of those that you know do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, you have been lit up. That'd be a great t-shirt. We're lit up. (laughs) We have been lit up so that we in turn can... (laughs) Listen real quick before I get into deep... Listen, I have been officially diagnosed with something this week. We had staff retreat this week. Pastor Robert Chesser, Pastor Robert, raise your hand. He's our resident counselor, LPC. Pastor Robert officially diagnosed me this week with ADHD. Now, I did not know the difference between ADD and ADHD. He said, you have the H. And I'm like, yes, I have it. I have the H. Four letters are better than three. And so... Sometimes I just don't know where I'm going. All of our guests are leaving right now. Thank you. (laughs) H is for the Holy Spirit. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, But his spirit's been planted within us. We are to let the light of Jesus shine. Are we all in agreement with that? We're to let him out. And that is our prayer. Listen, there should be no, no mistaking who we belong to. We should act like Jesus. We should think like Jesus. We should make financial decisions like Jesus. We should treat others like Jesus. We should love like Jesus. We should respond to damsels in distress like Jesus would or men in distress. Uh, We should just be like Jesus. Does that make sense to you? And so we're looking in this series on how we can be like. Today we want to look at one of those things that Jesus was so focused in. He, He knew his purpose. Jesus had a purpose, you know that, right? 
In fact, if you read anything about Jesus's life, you will find him doing time, things time and time again. He, he was always dialed in seeking the will of his father. You see, Jesus was submissive. How many times do we read that maybe before a major decision or, or a major movement in his ministry, he would slip off sometimes to a quiet place and he would pray to his father in heaven. He would seek his will. Jesus was submissive. See, Jesus had a purpose. Jesus knew his purpose. He wanted to make sure that he was fulfilling and living out those things that his father in heaven had called him to be a part of. Jesus had a purpose. You know what his purpose was? His purpose was you. Was you. You see, God cares greatly about people. And for someone in this room today, that may be the only message that you hear. You may check out, clock out, take a nap. I don't care. But you need to hear this before you doze off. Listen, God cares about you. In fact, he cares so much about you that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came to earth not because he was bored in heaven. Not because he needed someone to build up his self-esteem. Not because he needed a relationship. But not just because he, he needed to walk around and, and hang out with some fishermen. No. He came with you in mind. And you need to know something today. God is not mad at you. He's not out to condemn you. He's not out to make your life miserable. He's out to love you. And you need to know Jesus loves you. Is that okay? That's a good word right there, isn't it? Y'all want to go home now? Good, thank you. We'll stay then. Um, But Jesus loves you. He had a purpose and you were that purpose purpose. In fact, there's a verse of scripture I think is absolutely incredible that speaks to that very thing. It's found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and it says this, for the son of man came to find and restore the lost. You see that verse there gives us what the purpose of Jesus was. He came to find people like you and me, and he came to restore us. He came to bring us back into a relationship with the Father, growing us, maturing us in to Christ's likeness. Aren't you glad that we have a Savior that lived on purpose, that had a purpose? So what does that have to do with us? Have you ever considered or thought about what your purpose in life is? Oh, a lot of people do, don't they? In fact, a lot of you may spend a lot of your time wondering, maybe even worrying about what your purpose is for you right now. For, for some of you, it's like, man, what is, what's my career? What, what am I to do with my life, right? Do you, you remember, I, I remember, not that I watched this, my mom is here, I gotta be careful. It was while I was at a friend's house that I was watching MTV one day. And, uh, and I'll, never forget, I'll never forget the old Twisted Sister video where the young boy's sitting on the bed in his bedroom and his dad gets up in his grill and says, what do you want to do with your life? You remember the response of the little boy? What was it? I want to rock. That's what I'm talking about. I want to rock. He knew his purpose. And so many of you in this room today, you're like that. What do I want to do? What, why am I here well, what is the reason for my existence? What is my purpose? Many of you have lost sleep over this very topic today. You're constantly returning to this question, am I wasting my life? I mean, is anything that I'm doing here really making a difference? Am I, am I wasting my life in this job that I'm in? 
What about in this relationship? Am I wasting time here? Is this really the one for me? Or, or, or are these people really propelling me, pushing me forward to the things of the Lord? Or is this relationship even right? Is this a part of, part of your purpose for me, Lord? Maybe is this church? Is this church where I'm supposed to be? I don't know. I do know this. There is a church for you. And God desires for every believer to be connected somewhere so that you can exercise the gifts, your uniqueness, the abilities that he's given you so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Come on, that'll preach. You got to find a place. But what am I doing? What is my purpose? Has anybody ever asked themselves that or is it just me? Seven. Okay, here we go. Most of us are, are, are deeply concerned with, with living a life that is meaningful, living a life that is purposeful. We, we spend lots of our time, we'll spend tremendous amounts of energy trying to figure out if we're really doing it, if we're really living a purposeful life. I mean, we want to know what God wants for our lives, right? And we want to know today, right? Well, man, I'm going to give it to you. Just call me Pastor Fixer. I'm going to give it to you today. All right? No, don't call me that. (laughs) Unfortunately, our overarching purpose in life seems to have little to do with our circumstances. You see, God's mission statement of sorts for your life, it doesn't include a job title. Nor does it include graduate school. Not directly, okay? You see... God's purpose for your life, his mission for your life, it never starts, I don't think, it never starts with circumstances. Here's where it starts. God's mission statement starts with his heart for all people. Now keep in mind where it started. We've received the spirit of God within us. He's planted and if he loves people, if he cared for people, do we not think that God's plan for our lives probably involves people. Not a paycheck, not status, but people. So what's God's purpose for your life? It's really easy for me. Here it is. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my what? Witnesses. What does that mean? Read it with me. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem. Throughout Judea. In Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. I think that verse right there. Shares with us. What our purpose here on earth is. We are called to be witnesses. We are called to tell people everywhere we go about Jesus. Does that make sense? So if I'm at the Cracker Barrel in Kerrville, I'm telling people about Jesus. If I work at Chicken Express in Comfort, I'm telling people about Jesus. Why am I talking about food so much, right? The Dairy Queen in Bandera. (laughs) Top Golf in San Antonio. The Dodging Duck, Bernie High School, or Champion High School, TMI, Vanguard, Geneva, 
homeschool. Wherever we are, Acts 1-8 says we are to be witnesses. Food trucks in Sisterdale. Lab tests in San Antonio. Building sets at SeaWorld. Everything we do, we are to bear witness of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. Am I making sense to anybody in this house? See, here's the deal. When we commit our lives to Jesus, we are committing to an enduring lifelong mission. Lifelong mission. You see, we are committing to a life of speaking and acting and thinking and relating out the transforming and joyful experience. Yes, I said joyful. The joyful experience of being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. Why do we look so sour as believers? Why do we look so down in the dumps and like we've just been dealt a death wish whenever we receive Jesus? He says we've been given life, an abundant life. But I'm just telling you right now, I'm just telling you that there are houses of worship filled across our nation today and people didn't come in here looking joyful. They didn't come in excited about a relationship. How can you not sing about Jesus? How can you not sing about we're alive in you and, and, and Holy Spirit have your way in us? And how can we not just light up when we think about Jesus? You see, we're called to put that on display. I'm just telling you what's kept so many people from receiving Jesus is our expressions. seminary professor was telling his class one day, when you speak of heaven, your face should become bright and alive and excited. When you speak of hell, well, your normal face will do. That'll preach, right? And so many of us say, we've got the joy of the Lord in us and we just look like we're on our deathbed. A joyful experience, folks. Listen, we have been given life. Jesus said it's abundant. It's eternal. I'm telling you, it is great. And so whatever we do, when we receive Jesus, we are signing up for this lifelong mission to tell others about him, to act like him, to speak of him, to show him off. That's it. 1 Corinthians 10, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, whatever you do, Do it all for the glory of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. You see, here's the deal today. That wherever you are and whatever you do, whether you think it's the best fit for your life right now, whether you think your job that you're in right now is the best job or, or maybe even the worst, whatever. Listen, God wants you to live out his mission. He's planted you there. He's planted you there to shine his light. You see, the purpose for your life, the deepest place where you find meaning and satisfaction, it transcends any role, any job or circumstance that you're facing. 
You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he, he, he kind of, he blew up everybody's paradigm on, on what it means to, to live on purpose. He, he blew up everybody's paradigm on what it means to be, to be powerful. You see, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, the other rabbis of the day, you know, it, it had to have stroked their ego a little bit to have all of these Talmud behind them following them, all these pupils, all these students, right? These students would just walk so close to their rabbi. They just wanted to be covered in the dust of the rabbi's feet. That was an honor, right? And I'm sure that it might have been a little encouraging to those rabbis to see their, their pupils doing exactly what they did. And that's how they led, you know, powerful, have people follow you. You know, uh, on purpose, if you just live according to these 600 plus laws, rules, regulations, oh, that's, that's where you are just, you're, you're right before God Almighty, right? Jesus blew that up, didn't he? He wasn't like those rabbis. He boiled it down to two, we know that, but, but he just kind of shattered their paradigm on what it means to live on purpose and to be powerful. I mean, think about it, he sent angels to guys working dead-end jobs. He, he, he held up kids in front of celebrity pastors of the day and he told them that, that they should get acquainted with their own childlikeness if they wanted to find the kingdom. I mean, think about it. He, he, he took the shadiest characters of society. He took the cast-offs and he made them powerful in his plans. Zacchaeus went from, cla- from, from town clown to the most favored resident in all of the city, didn't he? Yeah, we worry about our jobs. We, 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 we worry that our lives aren't meaningful enough or that our work just doesn't fulfill us. And we want God to change it. At the end of the day, no matter what profession you have, we all long to do more in this life, don't we? We all want to know that our lives are making a difference. We all want to know deep in our hearts what our true purpose is and, and, and what that looks like lived out. But what if I just told you that your life purpose is not your profession or your role at home? What, what if the job that you spent years of, of college learning about and countless hours training for was, was not the total sum of your purpose? For others, that might be liberating today, knowing that there's more to this life than that nine to five job that you have or, or whatever that role is that you carry out in the home. But our, our purpose, our life purpose goes far beyond that. You see, your purpose, your calling, your mission in life is not solely defined in the career that you have. But rather, it's, it's a life statement that is lived into our titles, our roles, and every aspect of our lives. Listen, my, my, my purpose statement in life has nothing to do with whether I'm a pastor or not. But being a pastor helps me fulfill my life purpose. You know what mine is? My purpose in life is this, to take as many people to heaven with me as possible. That's it. I can do that coaching baseball. I, I can do that like I always wanted to, being a trash man collector, trash collector man or whatever, you know. I, I can do that as a teacher. I, I can do that as a, hopefully as a pastor. Hopefully God's using that some. But, but, but my purpose statement, my goal in life is not limited to what I do professionally. Does that make sense to you? 
Listen, there was a moment in time in which I wasn't serving the local church. I was a security guard, deputy dog. And I was directing traffic and riding bicycles and carrying a nine millimeter. But my purpose was still the same. I wanted to be a living demonstration as to a difference that Jesus can make in someone's life. And I wanted other people to experience the same Jesus that intersected my life at the age of nine. You know what I'm talking about? God's purpose for our lives goes far beyond us. It goes far beyond what our job is. I love what Pastor Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, said. He said this, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. So see, here you go. Your job isn't your calling, but your job can be an expression of your calling. Does that make sense? Your calling, your purpose, and your life's works are bigger than your job. Now, they are themes of impact that, that, that you were made to be a part of making, absolutely. You've been placed by God in a certain corner of the world in order to build his kingdom, absolutely. But your job isn't your calling, but your job can be an expression of it. Are we okay so far? Okay. So the challenge is this then. If your calling is not your job, if your calling or your purpose is not your job or what you do or what have you necessarily, it does, but it has something to do with your work. How do you find it? I want to give you some indicators today that might help you determine what your true purpose is and how you can express that where God has placed you. Number one, real quick, it might be something that you enjoy. You enjoy it. You see, when you're doing your life's work, when you're fulfilling your purpose, you enjoy it. Now, there's this beautiful give and take at play here. You're, you're working hard and you're giving a lot of yourself to it, but, but, but somehow you're energized and you're sustained by it. I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I love what I do. I love this role that God has placed me in. And it's hard. Somebody asked me, I think Pastor Blake asked me this week on staff retreat. He said, man, he said, do you ever shut it down? Do you ever turn it off? And, and, and I have to tell you, this is probably bad for me. I probably do need help, seriously. But it's hard for me to shut this off. I, I dream dreams. I wake up with visions. I, I, I think constantly about how can we reach people with the gospel? I'm, I'm constantly thinking, I want an ice cream truck. And I want us to pass out free ice creams all over this hill country to people just because Jesus would do that. We found one, by the way, just throwing that out. But I'm constantly thinking about what we can do to, re- I, I want to create environments that people come face to face and encounter something greater than them. I, I don't want to bore you when you come to church. We've done that for too many years. I want us to know that we've been in the presence of something greater than us and it changes us when we leave this house today. I want that. And so it's hard for me sometimes to shut it off. You know what? I enjoy ministry. I do. Now, sometimes I get tired of people, yes, but, but I enjoy it. It's work. It's hard sometimes. But I'm telling you, it's invigorating. And that may be it for you too. It may be it for you. 
Don't think of your job or where God has placed you just as that. Think of it. He's placed you there for what purpose? There's probably something within that that you enjoy. Number two, you get lost in it. Your life's work will have moments. Your phone's ringing, sir. Your life's work will have moments where you've invested. It's okay. I have one too. So invested that sometimes you just lose yourself in it. You're not going to mess me up. You lose yourself in it. I mean, sometimes when you're doing something, time just feels like it doesn't exist. You remember when you were a little kid? Hey, do you remember when kids used to play outside? You remember that? We get dirty. That's what's wrong with kids today. They don't get dirty. We got some of the strongest thumb kids in all of history. They don't get dirty. I remember times when I was a kid, I'd go play with my friends and, and in their backyard or we'd throw balls or throw rocks or pull girls' hair or whatever. I'd bike, skateboards. Anybody skateboard, Skater Nation, let me see you. Remember when they were plastic and you had ball bearings in the wheels? That was awesome. What seemed like maybe 30 minutes would turn into like three hours and my mom would come out and yell, Jason, it's time to come home. I mean, it's dark. Come home, you know. But you, you just had fun with it. You got lost in it. Time seemed to pass. You, and sometimes when you're fulfilling and living out your purpose, you just lose track of time. It's just so life-giving. You're just like, really? It's been 30 years since I've been on the mission field? Really? God, it's just been like yesterday, right, Corinne? It's just like yesterday. You get lost in it. Number three, maybe you work hard for something. You, you, you work hard for it. Listen, your life's work is something you're willing to work hard for. Now listen to this. This is kind of a tongue twister. Not all hard work is good work, but good work is usually hard work. You, you've heard me say there's, there's nothing of worth and value in life that comes easily, right? It, 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 it takes work. Now, now, now that being said, there are different kinds of hard. I mean, think of it in terms of exercise. And I know that I'm a great visual for you right now. I mean, when you exercise, you can feel good pain and bad pain, right? They're, they're good pain. Good pain is when you're, you're pushing yourself and, and you may sweat and grimace, but, but your body is doing what it's made to do. Bad pain, on the other hand, is, is when your body does something it's not made to do. You pull a muscle, you sprain an ankle, or as I find myself so oftentimes, I am laying in the middle of the gym floor like a beached whale, right? <laughs> Bad pain. There's also a difference between working hard because you love it and doing work that's hard in a painful way. You see, it's, it's a tough distinction to make, but you'll know it when you feel it. Is what you're doing right now, is it, is it something that you work hard for? I know a guy right now that's a business leader, and, and he's working hard. He works hard. He started something from, the, from scratch, and he's working hard. But his kingdom vision is that he wants to be a blessing uh, in advancing the kingdom of God, and he wants to do it secretively. He calls it stealth. But he's working hard, and he's sacrificed. But he's working hard for it because he knows what his purpose is with his business. Number four, you feel satisfied at the end of the day. Hey, when you lay your head down at night, do you feel like you did something that's satisfying? Some of us don't, do we? It's punching the clock. It's working for the man. It's drawing a paycheck. When you're a part of something that is your calling or your purpose, when you lay your head down at night, you're going to feel like, you know what? I did good today. 
I, I, I made a difference. And, and, and please hear my heart. I'm not talking about just driving up the sales in, in your organization. Or I'm not talking about just, just bringing new clients on board. I'm talking about you made a difference in something that will have lasting effects. I would say eternal effects, right? You feel satisfied at the end of the day. Maybe you risk for it. Number five, you'll risk for it. You see, your calling and, and, and vocation and your purpose, they're, they're connected to who you are. And as you do things that are related, sometimes you're, you're going to be willing to step out and take some risk be, be, because of something that you really have a deep belief in. I've got to be honest with you. There is nothing appealing to me about getting on an airplane and traveling two hours to go overseas to minister to a foreign people group in the flesh. There's nothing. It's hard. They're like, they like have to dope me up. I'm like Mr. T. I ain't getting on no plane, Hannibal. You know? Y'all remember that? Mr. Anybody A-team fans? Man, I'm old. But when I just think about a two-day plane trip to get somewhere, it's not fun. But I'm telling you, there is something that happens when I get there and begin to breathe it in and touch the dirt. And, and wipe those little snotty noses of kids and eat their food. And, and, and to know when I walk into a house that these people have sacrificed to make it look like a palace for me, Musungu, to make it look like a palace. There's something that changes there. There's something that happens in the midst of it. And so I'm willing to get on the plane. I'm willing to risk. I'm willing to sit in coach for 26 hours. For that, I'm willing to take that risk because I know, I know the payoff. And I know my purpose is to take as many people to heaven with me as possible, right? Hey, your purpose and your calling may fall in line with who you are. I love what it says in in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us to do long ago. Hey, you know what? God's wired you. He's gifted you. He's planted a personality and desires within you. And he wants to, he knew what he was doing when he made you. And he wants to use that to accomplish his purposes here on earth. And lastly, real quick, you feel grateful for it. Maybe you feel grateful for your purpose, your calling. It's a privilege to do work worth doing, isn't it? Isn't it? Now, not everyone has the opportunity, I know, to make choices about what they do with their time. But I'm telling you, when, when you're able to, to put your mind and your strengths and abilities and efforts, your finances towards things that you know are gonna impact the world, is that not just awesome? It's worth it. Guys, listen, I'm going to be, this, this is the shameless giving plug. I'm not ashamed about it, but here's the deal. That's why when you give to this house, you need to know what you're giving towards has lasting impact. It's not just gone next week, but you're drilling water wells in Malawi. You're helping missionaries in Northern Africa. And oh, by the way, you're helping a kid with that 50 cent lemonade donation today to send another kid to camp who just may give their life to Jesus. Where else can you make an investment like that? Allergies are killing me today. Well, here's the deal real quick. Hey, finding your calling and your purpose, it takes time. Guys, it's not something that, that you're going to discover all at once. It doesn't usually come in a flash of insight or, or even some mountaintop experience. I mean, 
Your, your, your job may or may not be a good fit for you right now. Your calling, your, what you think you're doing, what your purpose is, it may not be the right fit for you right now. But in time, I'm telling you, as you step out and as you seek the Lord and as you think about who you are and as you put together your life experience, I'm telling you, you stay faithful with it and God's going to reveal what that perfect spot is for you. But let me make it real easy for you again before you leave. Don't ever forget that God wants to use you in those various places that he's already placed you. Stories told of a lady that walks into her pastor's office and she's frustrated with her job. Pastor, I've just got to change careers. I've got to change my job. I'm not being fulfilled. It's, it's not life-giving. They're, it's beating me down and it's destroying my family and I just got to quit jobs. The pastor simply said, where do you put lights? The lady didn't hear that as most people do when pastors talk. She said, but you know, my boss, on the other hand, he's just, he's, he's a dictator. He's ruthless. He uses foul language. He's demeaning. He doesn't encourage anyone. And it's just, it's not healthy to work there. Pastor simply said, where do you put lights? She still wasn't listening. And she said, and my coworkers, that's another situation. They come in on Mondays and all they talk about is what they did on the weekends and, and, and who did this with who and all that good stuff. And it's just, it's not healthy. Uh, uh, why do I have to hang out with sinners? The pastor simply said, where do you put lights? And finally, she said, where do you put lights? You put lights in dark places. The pastor said, that's exactly right. Listen. God has placed you somewhere to shine his light. It may not be ideal for you and it may may not be the end all, I don't know, but I'm just telling you this, he's placed you there and he can use you right where you're at to influence others with the gospel. Remember how I started today. People matter to God and he wants to use you to reach them. People are your purpose. Why don't you start right where you're at? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you've been honored today. Lord, I pray that that the words that you had for your people came out. And Father, I pray that we would take those words, Father, and understand that you've saved us, you've changed us, you've planted us in the various dark corners of this world to shine your light. And Father, I know that, 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 that this may not be the end all of where we're at. And I know that there are many people here today that are still trying to discover what their purpose in life is. So God, simply remind us that people are your purpose. And that people are all around us. Whatever school we attend, whatever place of employment we have, whatever street we live on, whatever club sport we participate in, there are people around us that need a Savior. Do we believe that, church? So God, I pray that you would use us to shine your light. In Jesus' name, amen.